Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. There's some music I haven't heard in a little while. I'm back. I uh, had a few days off. Uh, was in Denver with uh, the Fancrafts group. We had a uh, meetup out there. It was fantastic. I made my first trip to Coors Field. Had a great time, but glad to be back here. Uh, and not only with all of you, and thank you for tuning in, but also back here with Matt Modica. Matt, welcome back to Tuesdays with Modica. Uh, glad to be back, Al. Thanks for having me. And uh, a baseball game is in the books today. And Oh, it's done. Yeah, it was an eventful ending, too. <laughs> uh, well, fill me in because, uh, yeah, I was, uh, as, you, as you probably well know, a little late getting the show together today. So uh, I, I missed the conclusion. So uh, fill me in on what happened there. Uh, basically, in the bottom of, uh, excuse me, the top of the ninth, uh, Romo was on. He got the strikeout with the bases loaded, but he did his, you know, he celebrated. I didn't find any, anything wrong with it. Uh, Michael Taylor was walking off the field, but Daniel Murphy uh, approached uh, Romo. Uh, little, so uh, did it escalate from there? or? Uh... No, nah, no, nah, it was just some people, at least from what I saw, uh, it was just some people getting together. Hell of a game by Nate. Evaldi. Yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, I was was aware of. Uh, just wasn't sure uh, how how this all wrapped up. But a great pitcher's duel. And yeah, Evaldi outdueling Max Scherzer. So that pretty much right there says it all. Um, so yes, yeah, so that one is in the books. And then we've got uh, lots of games uh, on the nighttime slate to look forward to. Uh, also, a lot uh, from yesterday to go back and catch up on. So, yeah, as the lineups roll in, we'll take a look at them. Uh, in fact, we've already got a couple, three, actually, I'm counting. The White Sox, as usual, uh, the Pirates, and the Orioles uh, all have their lineups out. But uh, we'll wait for those to uh, trickle in a bit more before we uh, see who you might have to sit or who you might want to start tonight as you're setting your daily lineups. We'll take a look at the weather. Uh, and, Matt, I also want to revisit your uh, starting pin de- uh, starting pitcher index rankings. Uh, you just told me a little bit earlier today that uh, they're, they're going to be updated very soon. So figure we'll uh, tease that a little bit and see uh, who's moving up and down in your pitcher rankings. And uh, yeah, lots, lots to do here. So uh, let's get, let's get right to it. Uh, Gary Sanchez, of course, uh, placed on the DL on Monday and has since been diagnosed with a grade one groin strain. And according to MLB.com, Aaron Boone says that Sanchez will likely miss uh, between three and four weeks. So, you know, you can't, I know it's been a disappointing season for Sanchez, but still in terms of upside and even in terms of the power he's already produced, 
it's almost impossible to replace Gary Sanchez in fantasy. But uh, do you actually have to do that in, in your leagues, Matt? Uh, no, I do not. It's not that I don't. I didn't think uh, Gary Sanchez was worth a second round pick, like that middle to late. I just I'm not going to invest in a catcher. I I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, I'll probably always take a pitcher uh, over over a catcher, and I'm going to take the hitter that can give me whatever the power, speed, or the average power combination over a catcher. Yeah, and I you know I I wasn't quite so catcher avoidant. I have uh, Sal Perez in one league, uh, Buster Posey in another. So. Um, I've got JT Romuto in a, in a keeper league. So I, I have some of the top catchers, but I don't have any any Gary Sanchez. And, I, yeah, I didn't really have a quibble with him being a second-round pick, but I also just didn't want a, a catcher at that point. No, so I, I, I mean, I, like, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. I and mean, I think, like, a Buster Posey in the fifth round or, you know, players like that and uh, Perez, th- those are more apt. I'm still not that crazy about going that route. But I just the second round pick is too much. Yeah, well, yeah. When it came right to it, right down to it, I felt the exact same way. Uh, but a lot of people obviously do have to replace Gary Sanchez. So first of all, what do you th- think about um, Austin Romine? Because uh, he's he's out there. He's hit really well so far. Now he's going to get a lot of playing time for the next uh, maybe even month or so. Uh, is he? Uh, you think one of the better replacements around? Uh, I'm going to think so. Uh, uh, I mean, what are we? If we're talking uh, two catcher leagues, absolutely. Fifteen team leagues, absolutely. In the twelve team league, uh, it depends who's out there. But you, the thing that's appealing with Romine is he's in the Yankee lineup uh, and he's been hitting well already. So rolling with him seems like a really good option. Yeah, I considered it uh, in in one league. Uh, again, not a Sanchez replacement because I don't own him, but just looking for an upgrade. Uh, I ultimately went with Jan Gomes, who I just trust a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, consider him. I would consider um, Robinson Chirinos. I would maybe take a look at Elias Diaz, who's playing every day right now because of Francisco Cervelli being on the concussion DL. But I, I think probably going forward, he'll see uh, a bit more playing time. So I think those are some options to look at in two catcher leagues. Um, one catcher league. Obviously, uh, you, you, you've got uh, some some better options there, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, the, for the deeper leagues, I think that's uh, who you yeah, might be able I, to find. I believe I have Romine on two teams now. It was just getting rid of some other like garbage second catcher, and at least I figured there's a little more upside, and he was cheap. Yeah, I, that's if you're looking. Yeah, forget Sanchez just for any sort of second catcher situation. It's worth taking a look at Romine. Uh, I don't know that I I totally trust the production so far, but I think it's worth a worth a flyer given that what else you may find for a second catcher. It's you know not not necessarily going to be any better. Uh, we have an update here on Chris Archer. He uh, had a PFP session and a throwing session uh, according to Tampa Bay Times. They went well, and he is on track now to pitch a sim game on Thursday, and then if all goes according to plan he'll go on a rehab assignment. So we're not exactly like a week away from seeing Chris Archer. Probably uh, it sounds like a couple weeks at best, but uh, working his way back, we will not most likely be seeing Caleb Smith again this year. He's uh, been diagnosed with a grade three lat strain, so that's not good. 
He's going to be out for a while, no matter what, and he is now considering surgery, and that would be season-ending, uh, That, according to MLB.com. Joe Baden said that it's possible but unlikely that Chris Bryant gets placed on the uh, disabled list, according to the Chicago Tribune, and also in some other Cubs news from the Tribune, Brandon Morrow says that he's probably not going to re- need a rehab stint. Uh, did you do any kind of speculating on the Cubs situation? For that matter, Matt, on any of the uh, closer situations out there, the, the Braves, uh, the Royals, um, the, the the most recent fab, did you try for any of those? Yes, I did get uh, A.J. Minter on a couple of teams. On one team, I got Minter and Winkler. Uh, he was he was pretty cheap option as a second option. So uh, the problem was I did lose Kelvin Herrera on many teams, and I lost somebody just prior to that as well, slipping my mind. So all of a sudden the uh, the the closes were evaporating on me. You have to has a has a way of happening. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been a little bit on uh, on uh, Hill from the uh, the Royals. And I'm trying to think. I think I did bid a little bit on Minter too, but you know, it, there it was not at all aggressive bidding, so I, I didn't wind up with anybody, and I'm fine with that. And actually, in, in uh, retrospect, I'm sort of glad because you know we saw Willie Peralta get the save uh, last night for the Royals, uh, so that that situation certainly looks far from settled, and we may talk about that one a little bit later on uh, as we talk about the superb start by Brad Keller uh, that Peralta wound up. Uh, closing out. Uh, back to some Cub news from the uh, from sixty. I'm sorry, six seventy. The score. Uh, U Darvish says he doesn't feel a hundred percent with his triceps, so he's going to discuss uh, his next course of action after going to uh, L.A. Uh, it sounded like Darvish was like right on the verge of returning, but now it sounds like that's up in the air. And it, I don't know, Matt. It seems like this is this is like deja vu. That or deja vu, maybe. That, uh, <laughs> it seems like he's been on the verge of, re- of returning before and then uh, kind of pulls back on it. So uh, how are you reading this? Yeah, no, this doesn't sound good when, you know, the player gets this close and then pulls back and says something doesn't feel right. Uh, if you were able to obtain Mike Montgomery over the last month, that's been a really good find. I mean, I got him a couple of weeks ago, Montgomery. And I figured that Darvish was at least a couple of weeks away. And, you know, until the guy actually makes it back to the majors, you always have the possibility of a setback, which this sounds like. And the other guy, the other guy in the rotation, Tyler Chatwood, just isn't getting it done either. No, he isn't. And so uh, we saw Dwayne Underwood make his debut yesterday and pretty good debut to boot. Uh, we'll talk about that, too, when we talk about uh... – the, the stand-up performances from Monday go into more detail there because, yeah, it's kind of a mess. You got Darvish coming back at some point. You got Chatwood coming back very soon. Uh, but yet he hasn't pitched well. So, And, and Montgomery has pitched well. So it, it's not clear exactly what the back end of that Cubs rotation will look like uh, a couple weeks from now. Robbie Ray will be rejoining the Diamondbacks rotation. He's going to start uh, tomorrow. That's Wednesday against the Marlins. Uh, Ray was supposed to be pitching a bit more on his rehab stint, but they're just uh, bringing him right back. In fact, he was supposed to start tonight for AAA Reno. Instead, it will be for the Major League team in Arizona. Uh, So good news there for Robbie Ray. 
Uh, and hopefully good news for his owners uh, that uh, he's not coming back too soon. In other Diamondbacks news, according to The Athletic, A.J. Pollock's been cleared to resume baseball activities, and Steven Sousa Jr. has been cleared to start a rehab assignment, but only working as a DH. Uh, he is still not done with his throwing program, so uh, he'll be, uh, I think, a little more uh, of a ways off uh, from seeing a return. And uh, according to the Baltimore Sun, Dylan Bundy is questionable uh, to make his start on Thursday because he rolled his ankle running the bases uh, in his last uh, last start. Uh, yesterday, the Orioles activated Tim Beckham, and he may not necessarily have a set position. And Danny Valencia might play in the outfield. Uh, so it sounds like uh, Beckham and Valencia will both play pretty regularly, but uh, they'll maybe serve more of a utility-type role to make that happen. According to MLB.com, Carlos Carrasco threw a 25-pitch bullpen session. He said it went great, like back to normal. That's a great That's a great update. Uh, and he's increasing to 40 pitches off of a mound tomorrow. So very positive update there for Carlos Carrasco. Some uh, Cardinals updates from KSDK. Michael Walk is going to be out until after the All-Star break. I think that's the same as the last update I gave on this show. So it sounds pretty much status quo to me. Adam Wainwright's going to start a throwing program next week. And the team believes that Carlos Martinez is 100% healthy. But more importantly, Matt Modica, do you believe it? Uh, no, I do not believe he's 100% healthy. Uh, you know, he does have – he's going to have an occasional start even when healthy where he's going to walk a handful of guys or so. But since coming off the DL, I mean, he's got like 25 walks, some insane amount in like four starts. Uh, that first start, he he didn't throw full, veli- uh, full velocity. That would terrify me. And, you know, I do own him in a couple of spots. I think he is a really good pitcher when at 100%. And we did see that earlier in the season. But... I don't. There's just too much, too many signs here for me saying, uh, you know, something, something's up. Yeah, like I said, just so many walks. And uh, to give give Martinez, you know, some credit here, his control has actually been pretty good in the three starts, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, four starts now since coming off uh, of the DL. But to the last three, really bad in terms of walks. And so while he's throwing the strikes, that uh, when he's not in the zone nobody's offering. So that to me is a pretty bad sign. In a way, I almost wish it was bad control because it seems like that's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I, I think, I think maybe, I think the problem is if he's not throwing at his uh, normal max or even attempting max velocity, I think he's trying to nibble too much. I think he doesn't have the confidence say in his pitches and he's, you know, he's got sometimes control issues, Already, but I think he's, it's too much nibbling going on here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not working. And so you know, I've had a few people ask me about, you know, what to do. And I, you certainly don't drop him. Like you said, he's he's an excellent pitcher, uh, if, if not elite, just a, a quarter step behind it. But this is, you know, not the, the Carlos Martinez that you drafted and you, you stash him. You know, you stash him until he gets right. I don't see that there's any really any other course of action here. Uh, and then a final note here, the A's uh, called up Edwin Jackson. He started yesterday, made a really, really nice start uh, against the Tigers, going six innings, just one run, uh, six hits, no walks, and seven Ks. So really good start for Edwin Jackson. And um, also tied a record 
Now, uh, both he and Octavio Dotel have played for 13 different teams. I just saw a quote. Dotel was upset that uh, Jackson tied his record. I'm guessing that was tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> but uh, pretty cool well, record, none- nonetheless. It, it is an interesting uh, record. But isn't this what, like, Edwin Jackson does every time? He gets this start out of nowhere, pitches like a gem, and he's pretty good for a start or two, and then it all goes south. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know if it's selective memory on both of our parts, but that's exactly how it looks to me. And I remember when he was with the Nationals and had, I think it was like a great April, and then uh, just sort of fell apart after that. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm skeptical. Sounds like you are too. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to head to our first break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at Matt's uh, pitcher rankings and a whole bunch more. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. It is also Tuesdays with Modica. So I'm not just here by myself. Matt Modica is here. Uh, you know him from uh, elsewhere here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're going to uh, actually focus in on uh, Matt's site, uh, CTM Baseball, and his starting pitcher index and rankings in just a bit. But uh, I have a very important question before we get to all that. Who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Well, tune in to the Fancy ba- uh, Fancy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th as we'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-FNTSY, alternatively. Uh, contest is sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients of bone marrow transplants, the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, nearly 14,000 people each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. That's dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. It's the DKMS Trivia Challenge from July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. All right, Matt. Uh, well, let's uh, dial in to your uh, CTM baseball rankings. Uh, I know you're, you're uh, due for a, a midseason update there. So uh, not to give too much away, but um, who are some of the pitchers that uh, you foresee are going to be dropped out of your top 60? 
Well, well, I mean, first you're going to have the ones with injuries, so we'll bypass them. But uh, let's uh, take a look here. I mean, Tyler Chatwood, I had him on the fringe. He's obviously gone. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, you just can't throw strikes. You can't be walking six, seven batters per game. Danny Duffy, he's another guy. That's out. He was, you know, in the uh, in the in the early fifties. These were guys. I'll start with the fringe guys and work my way up. Over here, Chase Anderson's another guy that was kind of fringy to me. I wasn't believing as others were. You know, I think he's more of a matchup kind of guy. So those are more of the later round guys. Unfortunately, people like Taiwan Walker, who I had in the early forties. Uh, injury fell upon him. So those are the guys I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see here who I would completely move out of the top 60 out of those guys. I think that's pretty much it off the top of my head. Just looking at the board here. Well, what, what are the names that you mentioned, uh, really, uh, caught my attention? That's Chase Anderson. Cause I feel like I've gone back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. on him. And I feel like he's he's on a bit of an upswing. Uh, not, I mean, there's really not been any consistency there. Uh, maybe it's just me focusing on the positive because I really did like him going into the season a lot, and I'm you know sort of looking for any excuse to uh, you know validate my prior view. But two of his last three starts were, were very good. Uh, one was against the Cubs. One was against the Cardinals. Uh, oddly enough, in between. Uh, a, a pretty bad start against the Phillies, so I would think it'd be the best matchup of the three. But, uh, I mean, is, do you think there's – I mean, it sounds like you're you're probably going to move them out of your top 60, but do you think there's a reason to – actually, let, let me reframe the question this way. If a pitcher's moved out of your top 60, is that pretty much a signal that you can cut bait at this point in the season? Or is somebody like Chase Anderson, even though you might not think he's top 60 – uh, that there's still enough upside there to stash him if if you can. Well, in a 15 team league, he's uh, worthy of being held. Uh, I mean, in in a 12 team league, figure five starters at 60 pitchers. You know, if you want bench depth, depending upon the size that you have to hold, and you know, guys are going to come in and out on that fringy type of level. I mean, like you said, he's pitched a little better. I agree with that. There's no argument there. Can this trend continue? If it does, then, you know. But for me, the bottom line is he's either just in or just out. He's, he's not somebody that I'm, I'm very, uh, that I have any confidence in. I think that's the word I, I, I look for. All right. That's, that's pretty clear. <laughs> well, how about some uh, pitchers maybe that do fit in the category of that they have struggled, they've disappointed, uh, but you're going to keep them in the top 60. Anybody that fits – that Anderson type mold, but you have more faith in, and you'll keep them in the top sixty. Uh, well, let's start off with the obvious one. Let's get this one off. I had Luis Castillo, twenty uh, first overall. Obviously, that was a big swing and miss. I'm still going to keep him in this top sixty. I saw what he did in the second half of last season. I think there's talent. Uh, I don't understand why they've messed around with. His delivery a little with the arm angle earlier on. Uh, why he's throwing more two seamers. 
I, I, th- I think we need to, you know, maybe the all-star break helps this kid, just gets his head out. Uh, I'll repeat it. I've said it before. I've watched a lot of his starts. The Reds broadcast has done a really good job on basically he lacked, they use the term he lacks conviction a lot. And for me, that's lacking confidence as well. So I think the talent is still there. It's too good of an arm to just give up on. I mean, maybe you bench him, you know, in certain starts. But he's somebody that if, if it does click again, he can really help you in that second half. Yeah, well, that's, you know, you said you kind of prefaced the whole thing by saying obvious. And dropping out of top 60 is, is definitely a big downgrade. But I think that was, was helpful and worthwhile to kind of walk us through that because, um, you know, I, I imagine there are probably, you know, folks in 10 and 12 team leagues that have dropped or are thinking about dropping Castillo and, you know, it's this time of the season. I mean, that's not an easy call one way or the other. So uh, I'm not sure it was obvious. <laughs> Anybody well, no, I else? Say, I, I, I meant by obvious. I meant by the, the guy that I had high up. That oh, really I got gotcha. you. Struggled. That's, I'm sorry. That, that's where I was trying to go with that. Sorry for not being more clear on that. But I'm always I'm going to point out, like last season, a guy that a lot of people like. We always like him, and he seems to always you know, let us down. But look at Kevin Gaussman last year. He was basically almost cuttable in an AL-only league in the first half of the season. He changed some things, and he was a really good pitcher in that second half of 2017. Yeah, no, he was. He was. And, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's had a lot of highlights in his career, but consistency has not really been, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that you could point to uh, as uh, – you know, a hallmark of his career so far. Uh, by the way, I included Gosman in a uh, Twitter poll. So I was actually going to save that for next segment, but I think since we, we, we've just talked about Gosman, I'm going to mm-hmm. come back to that poll in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we do go there, um, who are some of the pitchers that you're thinking of adding or that you already know you're going to add to your top 60? Uh, I'm trying to figure out where I had this thing. <laughs> I can't find it right now. But uh, let me just try to look real quick. I had a file, and I had to run home today, so I don't know where it is. My apologies. Okay, oh, well, uh, yeah, we can. Let's let's look at a Nick Pavetta. I mean, he's somebody that I that I was asked in the in like the pre-draft seat when uh, early on draft season, I was taking him a lot, like the mid twenties, right before the thirtieth round, in these draft and holds. And people said, "Do you believe in Nick Pavetta?" I said, "I don't know if the word believe is correct." But I think he's got some talent. I he should have a he should have a rotation spot entering the season, and for me, it's worth taking the shot on him. You know, even if it was that, or even in a redraft league, if if you if you're playing a deep enough one, it's worth taking a shot on guys like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Pavetta is somebody who I really liked last year as a you know as a call up. Uh, but then, I, yeah, I sort of lost the faith. So I think he's absolutely legit uh, top 60 pitcher, well, probably I, quite a bit higher. One, and I, I'm sorry. Yeah. One thing I will say is. Yeah, that's, the, that's I was just going to say, and, 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 and probably a bit higher. Yeah. One, one thing I will say, it's a lot harder for me to give up on guys that throw in the mid-90s that have had some sort of success or have that pedigree. Because once it happens, once you see it click, and you, and you see, like, we're going to see guys in this second half that we're, we're going to look next uh, 
before next spring that we're going to be like, wow, this is a guy. And look what Blake Snell has transformed into. The pedigree guy, he didn't have the control, always had the stuff, and he put it together in the second half last year. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. And then, <laughs> you know, just to, um, you know, maybe provide a cautionary tale, based on that, I drafted him in my ESPN league, and then th- the first two starts weren't very good for him. I think he walked quite a few people, and so the narrative in my own head was, okay, he's He's regressed. He's still a guy who's not going to throw enough strikes and get enough uh, get enough chases. So I'm going to drop him to pick up, you know, some streamer who I can't even remember who it was anymore. And obviously I regretted that, you know, like within a week that I did that. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, look, a second half surge isn't always the best predictor of, of how somebody does the following year. But I think certainly uh, it, it turns out well enough, often enough that, uh, you, you should uh, drop somebody after their first two starts, like I and, did with with Blake Snell. And and here's some guys that will definitely be added, guys that I do believe in. And that'll start off with like a Mike Felton. He's coming off the DL. He's been he was one of those like reserve round picks that really hit. Uh, Sean Newcomb was a guy that I thought had tremendous upside. I mean, I was just he was more of a lottery ticket for me because that strikeout potential was there, but. He was always always wild, and the question would be, could he ever harness that? And the third guy, without a doubt, is someone who it's taken a while. It's taken a few years, but it's finally happened, and that's Tyler Skaggs of the Angels. Yeah, and he pitched a, a great game on Monday. So, yeah, he's finally put it all together. I think it's fair to, fair to say that. So he certainly certainly will belong. Uh, somewhere, I think, you know, pretty deep into your into your top 60. And when I mean deep, I mean, you know, not not just on the fringe. Uh, well, all, all good names, all good names. Uh, I, I, I do want to get back to Gosman, although it's talking about Gosman's not really the point of going back there. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually Jordan Zimmerman. He had uh, another good start last night uh, against the A's. Well, I think it'd become a pretty tough matchup. And Zimmerman pitched five scoreless innings, Four hits, one uh, walk, and three Ks. Uh, three of his last four starts have been scoreless, and I think a couple of them, including this one, were five innings. But nonetheless, you know that's a that's a good track record. Two of those were before Zimmerman went on the disabled list. But even with this good start, Matt against the A's, he's got a 4.35 ERA, but he has a 61% strand rate that almost certainly will go up. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, Zimmerman's ERA should go down. And he's had a much better season, at least in terms of skill indicators, than I had realized. And so I decided to do a Twitter poll, kind of a a reality check. And I picked two other pitchers who have nearly identical strikeout and walk rates. Mm -hmm. Zimmerman's got a 22.5% strikeout rate, which is his highest since 2014. He's got a 5.8% walk rate. He's always uh, been very stingy with walks. So I compared Jordan Zimmerman to Kevin Gosman and Jake Junis. The three of them have very similar strikeout rates, very similar walk rates. Zimmerman by far has the best home run ratio. I also think he probably plays for the best team offensively of the three. So that's the setup. So what would you guess were the results of that poll? Gosman, Junis, Zimmerman, who's the best rest of the season? Uh for the poll, I would say it was Gosman, Junis, Zimmerman. 
For me, it would be Gosman. Uh, I'll, I'll go Zimmerman here, then Judas. All right. Judas. Well, that yeah. makes you uh, a part of a very small minority, I, I would think. Uh, although, you know, people only got to vote for the top one. But Zimmerman, as I pretty much expected, got clobbered. In this poll, uh, 60, yeah, good call. 63% Gosman, 32% Junis, 9% Jordan Zimmerman. And he, I think you could make a very strong argument. He has been the best of the three so far. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you could make that argument. And this is the problem with Zimmerman is he's either been spot on and, you know, very good, or it's that blow up start. It's either like no runs or you're giving up a handful of runs. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think you can also add the fact that, you know, he's been injured a lot. So I think, you know, if you were going to vote against Zimmerman, as almost everybody did. Um, and I think I may have misread that, by the way, is 5% Zimmerman. So I think I said 9%, but 63-32-9. So almost everybody voted against Zimmerman. Uh, you can certainly make that argument for it. You can also just make the argument you don't trust it. Uh, it is uh, still a relatively small sample because of the time that he spent on the DL. Zimmerman's only made nine starts this year and he's only totaled 41 innings. So there've been a number of those, you know, five inning starts, uh, you know, even the good ones, uh, he doesn't necessarily go that deep. So I'm not saying that it's a slam dunk that people should have voted for Jordan Zimmerman, but I, I wonder if it had been instead of, you know, it'd been one of those, you know, blind profile ones where I just put the numbers, Mm -hmm. I bet the results would have been pretty even. And maybe Zimmerman might have even won that poll. I'll agree with that. I just think, you know, people are going to go back to what I said about last season in the second half, that he has this, you know, he has the pedigree. He, he, he has velocity. Zimmerman's inability to stay healthy. And I was just, I, I know Judas was really good early, but I, I didn't buy it then. And, you know, <laughs> now we're in, you're coming to July. He, he's one of the biggest enigmas, pitching-wise, to me, Jake Junis, because he's given up those home runs, and, they, and they're in bunches. Uh, I think he's had at least three games where he's given up three or more home runs. Uh, and yet, you know, he's a fly ball guy, but he's got a park that should help him. He, the, the fly ball distances for Junis aren't that great. So I don't know what to make of him. And Gosman, I think we know who he is now, but unfortunately he's homer-prone and pitches for a team that's not going to support him very well. So uh, I, I think of the three, I probably would most want to have Gosman, but uh, I'm, I'm increasingly intrigued by Jordan Zimmerman now. Uh, I'm looking forward to your next poll with Annabelle Sanchez. Yeah, okay. <laughs> can cue that up. Anyway, speaking of queued up, there's the music. There's our sign that we got to head to break. We'll come back. We'll look at lineups, weather, and other standout performances from Monday. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go.
Welcome back. It's the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And with me, because it is Tuesdays with Modica, Matt Modica, because that's, yes, that's who's here on Tuesdays with Modica. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of lineups coming in. So many I actually didn't get a chance to really look at them all during the break. Uh, we'll get to many of those as we can. We've got weather forecasts. we got a lot of performances from Monday to look at. Uh, we've also got here a quick message about Daily Fantasy Sports from mybookie.ag. If you enjoy playing Daily Fantasy Sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget about having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. That's 9-0, 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. So no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.com. Dot .ag enter the promo promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. All right, Matt, you ready to take a look at some lineups here? That I am. All right. Uh so, uh I did not come across anything too uh major here, so we might be able to do these pretty quickly here, but for the Orioles, we got another Chris Davis sighting. He's uh, batting seventh at Blake first, and I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, Buck Showalter is going to try to keep Tim Beckham and Danny Valencia in the lineup. He has succeeded in doing that against the Mariners tonight. Uh, Beckham at third, Valencia in right field, Valencia batting cleanup, Beckham batting eighth. This is uh, Paxton and the aforementioned Kevin Gosman, who people like so much better than Jordan Zimmerman <laughs> and Jake Junis. Uh, Marlins lineup is out. Mariners lineup is out, but nothing too notable uh, there. Well, actually, not true. The Marlins lineup, there's no JT Real Muto, so he's out again. Brian Holiday catching and batting eighth. That's uh, Eliezer Hernandez, the Rule 5 pick, and uh, Zach Godley for the D-backs. Uh, Angels Red Sox, uh, they're facing David Price. And uh, because he throws with his left hand, uh, you've got Chris Young in there. You've got David Fletcher in there. Uh, Fletcher batting seventh, Young batting eighth. Uh, and uh, let's see, let's see. We got the A's and the Tigers, Frankie Montas and Blake Hardy back in the Tigers rotation after uh, making one, I believe it was just one relief appearance uh, over the past week or so. And uh, the Red Hot, Stephen Piscotty and Mark Hanna both in there, batting sixth and seventh. Franklin Barreto batting ninth. Chad Pinder, uh, again, against the lefty Hardy. Chad Pinder's in there playing left and batting second. Tigers uh, uh, lineup, there is no Jose Iglesias. So Nico Gudrum playing shortstop, batting fifth. And uh, we have both the Pirates and the Mets lineup. This is the cool Mats matchup. And people uh, like my dumb joke on Twitter that this would be a good night for yoga night with cool <laughs> Mats. Thank you for the, the mercy chuckle. Uh, Elias Diaz, who I mentioned earlier, he's uh, in there as expected with um, Cervelli on the concussion DL. Jose Ozuna getting a start at first base uh, against lefty Steven Mats. Uh, we got the outfield of Meadows, Marte, and Polanco. 
And uh, for the Mets, Jose Bautista leading off and playing right field. Uh, Dominic Smith getting another start at first, batting sixth. Jose Reyes playing short. Uh, we got the Reds and Braves. No Braves lineup yet. Anibal Sanchez. Matt wants to know all about him. Uh, <laughs> and Matt Harvey going for the Reds. And uh, Reds outfield is Shebler in center, uh, flanked by Winker and Duvall. So no Billy Hamilton. No Padres or Rangers lineups yet. Uh, we do have the Brewers. Now we're getting into central time here. Brewers uh, hosting the Royals. Jake Junis, who I also just mentioned. Uh, Freddie Peralta making his second start since getting recalled for the Brewers. And you've got uh, Aguilar first, Thames and right, Braun in left, uh, Yelich in center. So uh, no Lorenzo Kane there. Brad Miller making a start at shortstop. Uh, moving on here, we just got one other lineup. This is uh, Twins, White Sox, Lance Lynn, and Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, just the White Sox lineup out. And looking through that one, Kevin Smith catching. Uh, don't see anything too unusual there. So there you have it. Uh, a lot of lineups and also a lot of weather to keep track of here, particularly in the middle of the country. Tigers uh, hosting the A's, 36% chance of precipitation uh, at first pitch, according to the uh, forecast here on Roto Grinders. Uh, and really holding steady there. So it sounds like maybe some pop up showers. And. Uh, the Braves hosting the Reds, 43% chance of precipitation, but decreasing as the night goes on. So that one looks safe. <clears throat> Excuse me, White Sox, who we just talked about their lineup, hosting the Twins. Uh, forecast calls for a frog in my throat. Apologize for that. <clears> 35% chance of precip at game time, but increasing as the game goes on. So there is one to watch. And one more that looks not good at all. Cardinals and the Indians at Bush Stadium, 57% chance of precipitation for first pitch and increasing slightly as the night goes on. So uh, those two, White Sox, Twins, Cardinals, Indians, certainly keep tabs on those before you finalize your lineups for tonight. All right, Matt, uh, that was more more to get through than I realized. You brought up uh, Blake Snell earlier in the show. He was awesome and outstanding against the Nationals. Uh, did walk four batters. That's the one thing you always got to watch with Blake Snell. But 10 strikeouts, uh, seven scoreless innings, uh, a no-hitter for most of the, the, the stint. Uh, just gave up one hit. One hit. So, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we should just expect great things from Blake Snell pretty much every time out. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is a kid who's taking a really big step. As I mentioned earlier, it started – in the second half of last season. Uh, the walks do scare me. But I'm not going to lie. He, he's obviously not a 230 pitcher. And, you know, very few are to me, you know, even if the ERA goes up a run or more, uh, 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 goes up a run or just a little more, and he say he pitched it with 350 the rest of the way, if he's giving you the strikeouts and stuff, it's more than what you uh, could have hoped for for the rest of the season. He has... I mean, outside of really, you know, two or three starts, it's been two runs or less, and he's made 17. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would look for maybe another run more on that ERA rest of the season. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy to do it over the course of six months. But, you know, this kid has been, if you, if you 
if you drafted him and didn't drop him after the first two starts, you're reaping the benefits. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't, at this point, I was uh, teasing you're, with you. I was teasing with you. There. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's, maybe it's too soon, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> I got you. I got well, you. Well, th- those are always tough. Let, let, let's see. Let's see if I made another mistake here. Uh, I again, like I mentioned before, I was not particularly aggressive in my closer bidding uh, or reliever bidding this weekend. The one player I did get in Tout Wars was Wilmer Font. Uh, very speculative. Um, you know, he's just been with the race for a little while. I think he's made a total of four starts. His pitch count and innings count has been building up, and uh, he's been good lately. But so is Brad Keller, and I thought about prioritizing him and bidding on him. And I just thought, well, I really, you know, I really want the strikeouts. I totally trust Brad Keller to induce a lot of soft contact, but pitching for the Royals, not a lot of K's. I decided to go with Font, who I think has more upside. So I did get Wilmer Font. Keller, though, uh, against the Angels on Monday, uh, seven scoreless innings, just two hits, just two walks, and six K's in this one. Uh, so a little better than uh, I certainly was expecting from from Keller. Pitched a little better than Tyler Skaggs, who had a, a great start himself. So uh, did I blow it? Should I have bid higher on Brad Keller and gotten him instead of warmer font? No, I I think you made the right call here. And you got to look at font since he's come over to the to the Rays. He's pitched really well. I, I mean, I know this is his third team in a season, but uh, I, I think, you know, there were reasons people kind of liked him. Those like drafted holes, those 50 rounds. People were drafting uh, Wilmer Font and stuff. And there's a reason why he's on three organizations in a season. People kept going back to him. I would have taken him for the fact, you know, one, you get that better ballpark. I know you got to play against, you know, some tough teams in the East. But the thing with Brad Keller is you do need to break it down from his relief and as a starter. And mm-hmm. as a starter, there's just not enough swing and miss. The walks are too high. And I don't think that's a recipe for success. Well, you know, that was, you know, basically what I, I wound up uh, concluding. So yeah, it, it sounds like Wilmer Font is more your type of, of pitcher. I, I think you're getting, you have the, uh, at least the opportunity of more upside here. Yeah. So, so you're not that's writing right. him off. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm making very bad font jokes is what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> I, I, I caught it after, <laughs> as it was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> well, moving on, uh, Mike Fultonevich, uh, a brief but good, good start against the Reds. Uh, five innings, just one hit. Uh, that hit, unfortunately, was a Scott Shebler solo homer, so uh, did allow a run, and Shebler's been hitting very, very well. Um, did walk four batters, struck out four. Kind of an odd line, but you know, I think basically when the only hit you give up is a solo homer, that's uh, you can qualify that as a good start. Yeah, no, but I, I think the most encouraging thing was it, he came right back off the DL. Like he, I was, I was nervous, so I'm happy that he's in there. It was the, it was his first start back. Now he's got another one later on this week. Yeah, so, yeah, good point. And if you uh, took the gamble with two starts, you've already got this one in your pocket, and so that, that feels pretty good. Uh, John Gant lining up for a two-start week. I'm, I'm guessing probably a lot of people were rooting for Dakota, Dakota Hudson to uh, 
take that spot in the rotation. But uh, Gant's really been the go-to guy as you know the the fifth starter, sixth, sixth starter. You know, coming up, you know, shuttling back and forth between Memphis and uh, decision paid off. Seven scoreless innings against the Cleveland Indians, just one hit, five walks, four strikeouts. Kind of a similar line actually to Fulton Nevich. Uh, anything there with Gant widely available? Should people be picking him up? Uh, I, I don't know long term how this is going to play out. I, I will say I, for one, really thought they were going to give the start to Dakota Hudson. And I was kind of looking forward to that. But Gant did pitch really well. Uh, something I would tread carefully with. I understand picking up Gant for the two starts this week. You got the one already, as you say, the one in your pocket. And it, it's. It's a nice one, so. But uh, long term, I'm I'm suspect. I, I've 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 known this guy from his Met days. He had that little brief with the Braves and stuff. I actually completely forgot that uh, I, I I associate him with the Braves, but I forgot about the Mets. Um, uh, Kenta Maeda. It actually, we're going to have to go a little quickly here, but the, I don't think there's too much to say here. Great start against the Cubs. Seven scoreless innings, three hits, uh, a walk, and nine Ks. Uh, but mentioned uh, before the very nice uh, debut from uh, from Underwood for uh, for the Cubs, and uh, you know could just be a, a spot start uh, for Dwayne Underwood. But four innings, uh, one run on two hits, three walks, three Ks against the Dodgers. Do you think he, he uh, gets another shot here based on the basis of the start? Uh, I think you know, one more could, could be a possibility. I think seeing how the health of this whole rotation is. Uh, and, you know, maybe with the All-Star break coming up, maybe they do give him the start, extend everybody a day. And, you know, it, it, they got some older guys as well. Like when you think of John Lester. And a lot of people call his season a fraud. And if you look at the numbers, it is, mm-hmm. but he's produced. So that's all you really care about. Unless you're playing in an X-Fip league or something like that. Well, yeah, he's uh, you know, apparently take, taking his game up a notch this year, Underwood. And uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity there. I mean, Tyler Chat was just mm-hmm. not really getting it done. So Oof. $38 it's, one, it's one to watch. That's, there you go. Uh, woof. That's really all, all we can say. Uh, Jonathan Loisiga with another good start, five and a third against the Phillies. Uh, no runs, just one hit, eight Ks. Uh, so very good starts against the Phillies and Rays. Not as good against the Mariners. Uh, do you think there's a matchup issue here, or can we trust Loisiga from here on out? Uh, I think this, is, this talent here. I just don't. I think there's an innings cap coming too, though. So I don't. If you have him, I'm pretty much going to start him, and hope I get. To you know, that over five, get that six innings in, get the strikeouts for as long as this lasts. I just don't know how it is uh, for for this season. I think the Yankees are going to be very careful with them. Yeah, and I also saw a report, not surprising at all, that uh, they're going to be shopping for pitching uh, between here and the deadline. So uh, Shelby Miller, not an auspicious uh, season debut for him. Uh, three and two thirds, five runs allowed against the Marlins, but uh, you know certainly too early to draw any conclusions there. But uh, just a few minutes left, and I do want to talk about a few hitters as well. Wilson Ramos with a couple of homers uh, against his former team, the Nationals. He's up to eleven on the season now. We talked catchers earlier. Uh, he's one of a handful of you know very reliable fantasy catchers. Uh, and uh, Curtis Granderson with a two-homer game. He's up to nine on the season. But going back to Rays Nationals, Jake Bowers, a four-hit game, including a seventh double 
of the season, batting 297 with a 416 on base percentage. So kind of as advertised, Matt, that uh, not, you know, tons of home run power, but uh, great for on base and, and for points leagues. Yeah, he has that like gap power, I guess you want to call it and stuff. But as you said, as advertised, and this is what the Rays should be doing. They should be playing these players now. Uh, absolutely. So they're moving that direction, and uh, you know Bowers playing every day and, and taking advantage of it. And Ozzie Albies, I think the last time maybe I talked about about him on the show, I was talking about his poor splits against righties. And still saying you should play him no matter what. But he had a monster game against the Reds. The 17th home run is 24th and 25th doubles. And he's uh, certainly evened out the splits in the month of June, batting 286 with three homers and six doubles against righties this month. So I think you could probably just put any concerns that you had uh, to rest. And then uh, finally, a couple of uh, hitters here. Piscotti with a three-hit game. Seventh homer of the year against the Tigers. Labor Torres, his eighth double of the year against the Phillies. Lots of power in June, but only hitting 228. Is Labor Torres a sell high candidate with like 20 seconds left, Matt? Uh, if you got something really good, otherwise you hold, you, you got to make the correction. Yeah, I agree. But uh, at least you know, dangle him out there, see what you, you can get for him. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a blast. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, uh, I will be back tomorrow. Talk some DFS and a whole bunch of other stuff. See you then and have a great one, everybody. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In baseball, Chris Tillman allowed two runs over three and one-third innings for Loe Delmarva on Monday in his latest rehab start. Tillman got stretched out to 62 pitches while allowing four hits and one walk.